USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three! And now your hosts, Ken, Eric, and Mike. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. I almost started early and I forgot. Oh yeah, Chewie speaks. <laughs> <laughs> so it is Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Tired but good. <laughs> yeah, oh I know the feeling. I I think it was cool. Last episode we had uh Mark Eads on, uh talking about Star Tours, which man, that was a fun episode. Yeah, that was yeah. a good episode. And uh a lot of information that you don't usually get. Yeah. True, very true. Um and then since then, uh, I am pleased to announce that Wookie Radio, Mighty Marvel Geeks, and Weeby Geeks are all supporters of Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Hey. So cool. you should be able to link to the shows and to the websites through um, through the Celebration page on their supporters page. So That's good stuff. Another place you can find us. So um, I guess where do we begin? At uh, the beginning. <laughs> you beat me there, to it. There were dinosaurs. They died, turned into oil. Oh, wait. That's airplane. <laughs> I, it's, it's been funny. Uh, people ask, have been asking me about you know, my show, our show. Well, when they're talking to me, they're asking me, so tell me about your shows. <laughs> and I started this stupid joke with this show. Yeah, and then we have our Star Trek show called Wookiee Radio. <laughs> and I get the looks of, what? <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's our Star Wars show, not Star Trek. So I could not, as much as I love Star Trek, I could not do a Star Trek show. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> I think I could do one. It's just uh, until the I new se- series comes out, it'd be, I don't know. I could see one based on the new series discovery once we get there. The, the, the new series is like the Star Wars action figure variant covers. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting into the to that rant if you want that. Mighty Marvel <laughs> Geeks, episode 156 and 157. Enough said. And Derek knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I heard him too. Ah, both of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And like I said, mm-hmm. see, you don't get that problem from DC. No, you get other problems. <laughs> nah. Ah. <laughs> Only when you're dealing with movies. Everything else is pretty much on track. No, with DC, you get confused continuity. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have a major event that fixes all that every couple of years. <laughs> then you screw it up, and then you go back and fix it again. Then you screw it up and go back and fix it again. And then you cause the, the rival company to be concerned. Oh, my God, it's all going right. We need to do this ourselves. And they have <laughs> confused and screwed up their continuities. <laughs> yeah. See, at least DC went back and fixed it. 
This suppo- time it looks like it's actually fixed and going in the right direction. Finally, supposedly that's what it up again. Supposedly that's what's happening uh, with this next crossover event with Marvel uh, Secret Empire. Is they're going to fix it? Uh, uh, see, when I Marvel goes Secret for Secret Wars is supposed to fix it. Yeah. Well, when Marvel goes for a new event. They just do Secret and then flip through the dictionary until they find a word. Okay, put this one behind it this time. <laughs> okay, now this one. Uh, at least I'm waiting for them to do. Uh, go ahead. At least Marvel knew that the fix after Secret Wars, after a year, they needed to change it back instead of like the new Fifty Two where they had to where they waited three years, four years. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I have a question for you guys. When did, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That would be another podcast. When did uh, when did Wiki Radio become Marvel versus DC? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we threw in the witty banter. Yes. Talking about an action figure variant rant. That's okay. I'm just waiting for Marvel's next big crossover, Secret Pizza. Mm, pizza. Yeah. Um... Well, let's delve right into Rebels. And we got sorry. a couple episodes to talk. Yeah, and sorry for my staggering. I'm slowly hearing my pup whimper, so I don't know if I need to let her outside or not. So we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> we, we missed Legacy of Mandalore because we had Mark on, and that was the week he was on. Um, that one was that one was kind of interesting because they um, took the two Mandalorian episodes that kind of go together and put that like two or three week break in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was very interesting. Um, so from StarWars.com, <coughs> here are um, ten highlights from Legacy of Mandalore. Sabine's return is heralded by fireworks. Uh, Ezra and Kanan might not believe it. Even Finn Rao seems surprised, but Sabine knows what sort of welcome she would get once she enters uh, Crownist airspace. Her piloting skills are the only thing that keeps the crash landing from being worse than it already was. On the plus side, she's greeted by her brother Tristan in a manner of speaking. And, and I loved how uh, they talk, um, when she's on the radio, she she mentioned she was from the clan Wren, and, and that's why they allowed her in w- w- without without a fight. Yeah. Uh, two, homecoming. As awkward as the initial contact was, the actual face-to-face with Sabine's mother, the Countess Ursa Wren, is even worse. Even Sabine is surprised by how cold the reception is. Oh, yeah. And then uh, number three fits right in with the Department of Redundancy Department. (laughs) Awkward Ezra is awkward. Uh, Family squabbles can be hard on guests, and poor Ezra is totally unable to figure out how to act. Well, um, normal. Especially when he's trying to bond with Tristan. Kanan's less is more is definitely a favorite moment. Uh, Like mother, like daughter. Ursa may think Sabine is just like her father, but it's clear Sabine got some of her stubbornness from her mother. Even so, Ursa's anger turns out to be more show than reality when they're alone. She's glad her daughter is alive, but her actions also put a strain on Clan Rin. I got one on that that was kind of interesting in the art choices for this episode. You remember the scene where Sabine walks out to the balcony and kind of just puts her, crosses her arms and puts her head in her arms? Yeah. Something that kind of shows this, if you look, there's a very subtle thing where her mom comes out and does the exact same pose. It's like, if you, unless you're looking for that, you don't notice it. Yeah. But there's, a, there's a bunch of little things like that in this episode that shows that they are very similar, which is probably why they have so much um, clashing between them. Right. I totally didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's quite all over the place. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of things that, that they do that are very similar to each other. Yeah. Um, Gar Saxon has plans for the Jedi. 
And uh, I think everyone was shouting, don't trust him. He's a loser. <laughs> um, you know, as, as Ursa's calling him on the on the hollow net, um, you know, she thinks giving him Kanan and Ezra would mean safety for Sabine and the clan Wren. Uh, but, of course, we know better. Um, then Tristan and his sister have a few things to work out. Um, while we have just met Tristan, we get a good feel for his relationship with Sabine when they spar. He's angry. In fact, his fight with Sabine has echoes of Sabine's fight with Kanan as he lets loose a f- flurry of accusations and conflicting emotions. The two of them have a lot of healing to do, but as you can see, but you can see their relationships being rebuilt. Um, and then for number seven, we see Ursa learns where Saxon's true loyalties lie. Uh, Ursa deals with Gar Saxon expecting honor because that's the Mandalorian way. But of course, Saxon's a coward and not truly honorable. Uh, once he has a dark saber, he's willing to kill everyone, including Ursa. He even goes as far as to offer Tristan a choice to fight alongside him or die with his family. Uh, and then the last one, uh, number eight, Finn Rao and Sabine to the rescue. Just when Saxon thinks he, he's won, Finn Rao bursts in and with Kanan and with Kanan and Ezra's lightsabers and the fight is on. Uh, blaster fire zinging away as Ezra throws a, throws Sabine his lightsaber to counter Gar Saxon's vicious killing blow. Um, it's pretty cool seeing her was like wield his lightsaber like it was the dark saber. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we found out in the last episode how much um, Kanan <coughs> eventually trained her to use the dark saber like it was a lightsaber and how to feel the energy and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine for Mandalore. Uh, once they face off, you realize the fight between Saxon and Sabine is going to be a great one. Which I, I love that whole fight sequence. Uh, yeah, Ezra, Ezra wants to jump in, but uh, Kanan tells him that she Sabine's got to do it on her own um and she's showing just how much she learned from kanan by combining her saber and mandalorian training Uh, however we also see how far sabine has come when saxon refuses to yield and she chooses not to kill him ultimately he he shows himself to have no true honor and ursa shoots him to protect her her daughter Uh, the phrase is don't piss off mama bear (laughs) yeah and then and then the final highlight is um Sabine comes home uh, with Saxon dead. Mandalore will be leaderless in the chaos, but Sabine holds the dark saber, which leads her to choose to remain behind. Uh, watching her, I, mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard seeing her say goodbye to Ezra, Kanan, and Chopper. Um, yeah, but you know she's doing what's best for the Mandalorians. Um, Sabine's determined to find a new litter for Mandalore. Who who will it be? Who could it be? Um, I I can't uh what was her name from Clone Wars? Yeah, you're thinking about um Oh Oh um Duchess Satine's sister, yeah. um Yeah Pokaton. Yes. Well I th- I thought I had heard somewhere that she was recording some stuff for Rebels. She might be. She might be. This is the end. Looking at the upcoming episodes, because there's only three left in the season, there's nothing else that has to do with Mandalore. So if anything, it'll be next season. Yeah. Wait, hold that thought about next season. Because we still got two more episodes to go. (laughs) Yes, we do. Oh, and at the time of this recording, I'm getting a little note that just popped up through Skype. um, Because we have crossed that timeline where tomorrow is now today. Uh, happy birthday to Jake Lloyd. Oh, ah, happy birthday. Cool. I believe he turns 28 today. Oh. Being, happy being birthday, March Jake 5th. Lloyd, wherever you are. 
hopefully getting better. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And listening to Wookiee Radio. Yes. Uh, Indeed. I don't think he has much access to anything. Yeah, well, that's probably true. <laughs> but, so, anyhow, um, I guess next episode was through the Emperor's, or through the Imperial Eyes. Yes. But before we go on to that, I just wanted to say that the last episode, it was really cool to get to see a little bit more backstory on Sabine and everything. Oh, yeah. That was, that was good. Yeah. So, the next episode was Through Imperial Eyes, which is another good episode. So, some of the highlights from that episode from StarWars.com. Callus's point of view. We've heard Ben Kenobi discuss a certain point of view, but this episode went from the theoretical to the literal definition of the phrase, starting right from Callus. Did you guys notice that, um, for some reason, Callus actually washes his face with his gloves on still? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dave Filoni actually explained that in Rebels Recon, how they, they don't have another, um, they didn't have time to make another model for Callus. So oh. they ended up just using it with the gloves and his armors on. That's just the only <laughs> thing they have for him. Yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> so he sleeps yeah, but- in his armor. <laughs> but when you're, that, that's that's a true commander or a true agent right there. Yeah, yeah. Don't need no stinking blankets. Got armor. <laughs> so number two, Ezra gets captured in quotation marks. Ezra's good at a lot of things, but his acting skills may need work. <laughs> His bounty hunter performance is a little over the top. Good thing it succeeds enough to let AP5 and Chopper blend in while he gets a message to Callus. Ezra's cool as a cucumber, but Callus is not happy. He's really not looking forward to being executed for treason. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that not being fun. You guys ever yeah. notice how um, Chopper, they give him a different paint job, and all of a sudden he blends in everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Number like the best spy they got. <laughs> I know, right? Number three, well, you know, droids are pretty, uh, I, what, what word am I looking for? <laughs> Universally anyway. used? Sure, that'll work. Uh, number three, Thrawn proves he's both brains and brawn. There's something in the timing here. Thrawn calls a meeting, but he's mid-fight when Callus and List arrive. Raising your hand, raise your hand if you didn't think that was an accident. Hmm, could be. Thrawn doesn't make accidents. No, man, I just I love the way they're doing Thrawn on that show. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And of course the the book's out. The what? The, no, the, the book doesn't come out for another next month or the month after, doesn't it? I think it comes out April. The, I know at Emerald City Comic Con, he supposedly was had copies for sale. He might have and had advanced copies. That's true. But there will be a special exclusive cover of the Thrawn book at Celebration. Oh, nice. Will it be a, a, an action figure variant? I hope yeah, not. It, according to Amazon, <laughs> according to Amazon the, um, you can pre-order Thrawn, and it'll be out April 11th. Right. So it'll be out in time for Celebration. I, I'm seriously considering the uh, Celebration cover. I'm thinking of making a list since I know some people who are going to be at Celebration. I have no clue who you're talking about. Because <laughs> I guess um, Hasbro has the Black Series three and three or um, six inch uh, Luke in the um, X-wing outfit exclusive for Ooh. Celebration at the Celebration store. Nice. It's supposed to go with the new set because they have that 40th anniversary set of six inch figures yeah. they're doing, where it's the original what ten or eleven. Uh, that was the original twelve. Twelve. Okay. Well, this one was not in that original twelve, but it goes with that set. Right. Right. So this next one got me all excited when I saw him. But continuing so he up and turn around, he didn't even have to talk, and I knew who it was. <laughs> ISB Colonel Yularen. 
it's been quite some time since we've seen Wolf Yularen, and it looks like he traded his Republic commission for one with the Empire. We also learn Yularen trained Callus, and his conversation with his former student is illuminating. Yularen trusts Callus enough that he doesn't consider him a suspect, and Callus makes sure to give him enough factual information to make it look like he's helping find Fulcrum. Yeah. Yeah, this was actually this was Tom Kane who actually did Yularen and the narrator and Yoda for the Clone Wars. True. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, number five. Uh, I, I recognized the voice immediately. It was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Well, the, like, you oh. listen. We listen. We listened to six years of him doing the narration at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, yeah. It kind of. Uh, I was kind of waiting for him to talk about the episode. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of trivia. Uh, he he did like the final stuff on uh, Clone Wars uh, yeah. from 2012 to the end, and uh, the few things he did on Rebels. All while his daughter was fighting cancer, which she oh, has wow. beat. Which she has beat. Nice, awesome. Well, the Very nice thing good. with him is he's he's one of the few actors that's actually not in Hollywood. If I remember, he's in Kansas City and he actually has his own home studio, and he um, kind of skypes it in. So. I think so. Oh, that's cool. Everybody yeah. else is in the studio, he skypes it in when he need when he's needed. Nice. Also, and just to, you want some little bit of trivia? He's also the, if I remember, the voice of the Oscars and the Scrubbing Bubbles. <laughs> what a resume! <laughs> All right, number five, playing both ends against the middle. Forced to think on his feet with Ezra on board and Thrawn actively searching for a traitor, Callus smoothly plays both Price and List by giving List credit for the prisoner, then suggesting that Price may be the spy. Callus's praise puts List off guard enough to allow for a code cylinder switch. That was a slick move. Price, yeah, mean, meanwhile, is firmly in Thrawn's inner circle. She's watching both of them like a hawk. Yeah, if it wasn't Grand Admiral Thrawn, I, I don't think there's any way anybody would catch up to um, Callus because oh, Callus no. was amazing in this episode. The little the little switches here and there, having everything planned out ahead of time. Yeah. He's like yeah. the greatest spy yeah. they've ever shown on this. I know, right? And uh, if it wasn't for Grand Admiral Thrawn, <laughs> he would have been totally <laughs> getting away with everything. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Number six: How many Imperial disguises has Ezra worn so far? Watching Ezra pretend to be List and imper- imperiously mind tricking the guard was too fun. Yeah, that was actually. Yeah. Also also enjoyable, the banter between Ezra and Callus as Chopper works to get the codes out to Rex and Kanan. Callus conceding that Ezra's made a good point was pretty great. Overall, the fact that they got in there, got what they needed, and changed Thrawn's map is a job well done. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Thrawn's office in general was awesome in this. I'll get into yeah. that once the end of this. Yeah, it was. Right. There's some big Easter eggs back in there that we'll get into once we get to the end of the list here. Oh, yeah. Number seven, AP5 isn't the best lookout. Callus and Ezra have to think fast to avoid detection and get out of Thrawn's office. Luckily for us, that means a fight to the death between Thrawn and his battle droids. Ezra makes it out, giving Thrawn enough of a look at him to let him think it's list but talk about a close call extra points for chopper's little sideways shimmy to get out from behind the wall <laughs> yeah that was kind of cool did you guys notice that yeah, yeah. shimmy shimmy shake shake <laughs> uh number eight hey gramps what do you see <laughs> Kanan and Rex in Stormtrooper armor means you're going to get some banter, and those two are so adorable. You also have to appreciate Kanan trying to mind-trick Price and not being able to get the words out before he's stunned. Between Callus, List, Price, Kanan, Rex, Ezra, and more, there are a few Stormtroopers, more than a few Stormtroopers. It takes a while, but they pull off the escape, sort of. Yeah. Uh, 
This is a good one. Callus stays behind. Believing he's convinced everyone that List is Fulcrum, Callus decides to stay behind instead of escaping. It's a brave thing to do, and it shows his commitment to the rebels more than words can. Callus believes he can do more good where he is, especially now that the heat's off. Or is yeah. it? <laughs> well, that's interesting. That scene where they um they, they showed List as the thing, it's weird because he actually pulled wool over... List, Governor Price, and Yularen's eyes, all three in the same thing. Oh, yeah. None of them were seeing what was actually going on. Right. Price knew that the Stormtroopers weren't right, but List walks in as Price is shooting Stormtroopers. So automatically, oh, she's the spy. So List (laughs) attacks Price. As List is attacking Price, Yularen walks in on the balcony and sees this. So all of a sudden, (laughs) List is is the spy. (laughs) It was brilliant. Yeah. It was, it was fun watching them bounce it around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Callus is a genius when it comes to this stuff. Oh, Just yeah. not quite as much of a genius as Thrawn. Yeah. Speaking of, the fly in the ointment. Thrawn may have been fooled for a second there, but one look at the helmet Ezra left behind is all it takes for the pieces to fall into place. Now sure that Agent Callus is fulcrum, Grand Admiral Thrawn plans to make him one of the pawns in his grand plan going forward. That can't be good. Yeah, think so? Yeah. Well, seeing, um, knowing that he's fulcrum, now Grand Admiral Thrawn doesn't have to point that out. All he's got to do is start feeding him disinformation. Right. Makes it a lot easier to catch the rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing you don't want to be is on Thrawn's radar. Yeah. In any way. And that's like, knowing Thrawn and how much he um, studies art and all these other things, when they change the um, location of the base on the map, you know he walked in, turned around the map, and knew that something had changed. Oh, yeah. He may not yeah. have known it right away, but he knows something changed. Try and get a fast like, one guys- on Thrawn, and not gonna happen. Well, Thrawn, yeah. it, Thrawn is the type that has so much attention to detail that you, you can't... You can't really fool him so easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you guys catch any of the Easter egg stuff that was in the office? Uh, I don't remember now. It's been a while. <laughs> well, there, there was well, the, the graffiti couple- art. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that was on that, the slab, yeah. and we knew that. And that's Hera's um, heirloom thing that from earlier in the season. Right. Those wounds were pointed out. But yeah. when um, Kanan and Ezra first step into the um, hallway outside of the office, there's like four um, pedestals with art on them. One of them holds the Holy Grail from the yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, oh, I did catch that one. Yeah. Well, also on the wall in um, in Thrawn's office, you see a painting. It looks like Lothal. That's actually the first time they've ever used. Um, um, one of Ralph McQuarrie's paintings without changing it at all and putting it into one of these shows. That was actually in a Ralph McQuarrie original for when they were using Lothal as possibly a location for one of the movies. Ah. The other big one that I don't know if everybody noticed what it was, but it, it was right in front of everybody was you see the East Alamiri on the wall behind his desk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were actually, those were supposed to be the East Alamiri that um, have a big part in the original Thrawn trilogy. Oh, right, yep. yep. The lizards that make a for, uh, forest exclusion bubble? Yep. So it's like they went. They had some fun when they made his office this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, do you guys have anything else for through Imperial Eyes? Uh, no. Nope. It, it was kind of cool seeing the um, Callus' point of view at the very beginning of the episode, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. That was interesting. I guess um, I was watching Rebels Recon. That's where I got a lot of this stuff. But um, Filoni said straight on that they had, the original idea for this episode was to do the entire thing through Callus' eyes. That's why you got the name you did. That would have been interesting. Yeah, he said it just they didn't have time to actually work it out correctly so that they could figure out exactly how this would work. Right. 
That makes sense. Because they don't have a lot of time in between episodes. they got to yeah. get them out. So, But the next one up is the one from that came out today as a recording, so we don't have an actual 10 highlights, but I remember a bunch of stuff out of there that was actually awesome. This is Secret Cargo. And it, um, in this one, we actually get to see the formation of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Because up to this point, all of the different, um, like Phoenix Squadron is a Rebel cell. Um, all these other ones are different regular Rebel cells. They're not actually t- working together officially. Right. You see, we get to see Mon Mothma on the show, I believe, for the first time um, she's ever actually been on the show, isn't it? Uh, I think so. So we get to meet Senator yeah. Mon Mothma, um, who's actually being voiced by Genevieve O'Reilly, who does it does her in um, Rogue One, and she was also Mon Mothma in the deleted scenes from Episode 3. Right. So just like when they had um, Forrest Whitaker come in to do Saw, she, they're bringing her in to do Mon Mothma. And they have Dave Earl Jones does, or um, not Dave, James Earl Jones does Vader. Um, they've had... Frank uh, Oz is Yoda. Frank Oz is Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was looking at the cast list. There's a couple other big names that aren't normally in here. Like Phil Lamar is actually Gold 3 in this. Anybody who's a voice talent fan would recognize that name. He's been yeah. everywhere. <laughs> in- including Weeby Geeks. Ah, awesome. Well, <clears throat> in this one, the other, the other one is like Mon Mothma. I, I, everybody knew it was coming. She was in the trailers and stuff. But we actually got to see Gold Leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that so, was um, cool. And it's funny because basically at the end of this, he needs a new ro- Gold Squadron because they uh, lose everybody. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the whole thing starts off, we get the return of the Imperial Assassin probe droid that from a awesome. couple of episodes ago. I love that thing, that droid. Mm-hmm. And of course, as soon as he spots the ghost, they have to take him out. But it, as they're taking him out... The an imperial fleet shows up. Well, kinda. You get a cruiser, a cruiser, and a carrier. Well, he's, he's which said, is about what they normally work with. It says the the droid does happen to set off the uh, warning to to the imperials that hey, they're over here. Yeah, yeah. Which means when Mon Mothma shows up with Gold Squadron, all of a sudden they're under attack pretty quick. Yeah, and um, and this is the first time that they've mentioned it on Rebels Recon and stuff that Thrawn's um, ship. Um, they had mentioned the name, but this is the first time I think on the show they've actually named given the name of Thrawn's ship. It is the Chimera, which was originally introduced back in Heir to the Empire on their original um, Thrawn trilogy of books. Right. So we have the Chimera, um, and it attacks. They have to eventually the transport holding Mon Mothma is taken out. So they have to get her aboard the um, the Ghost because the Ghost crew was there to actually refuel the transport and the Y wings so they can continue on their journey. Well, right. now we have Mont Mothma and all of her people uh, flying in the Ghost, and the only way to get out of the system the, and away from the Star Destroyers is to go through this giant nebula of forming stars. That was well, cool. I, I loved how that one. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, so I'll wait. No, go ahead. Um, where the Y wings mount up on the side of the ghost. Yeah, that was cool. Way. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that that was that was awesome. Yeah, I know. And well, I, saw, do, I was like, oh. We also get confirmation of some of the different weapons on the Y wing compared to other ships. The cannons on top are still, as of right now, and now it is officially canon that those are ion cannons. Right. Yeah. Because they use that to stop the the star destroyers from chasing them some. But as they're going into the um, nebula, Thrawn calls in his uh, prototype Tie Defender. Yeah. And this thing. Yes. amazing the maneuverability it's got every shot that has shields um, I don't know why they didn't fire the ion cannons at, at it to start with eventually they used the ion cannons to take it out but um, that yeah. we get two those are, are those tie interceptors with the round wings they they looked they looked similar to the interceptors because they had the extended I, but, yeah, they're, but those, they, they had rounded wings right yeah I um, thought it, I thought it was just the, two I thought it was just the two panels not um for the interceptor? No, the interceptor I think has the angled wings. Yeah. Yeah. This one the, is, uh, 
The interceptor is like the tie is sort of like the tie advanced. Yeah. Except it's n- so, except the the back is not as long. It's like they they flipped the they flipped the tie advanced wings, put the short end on the back, and then instead of the long panels, made them long wide panels, made them almost like pinchers coming off the front. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I remember right, the the rounded wing ones that they have here. They look like two C's, one on either side. It was actually from um, remember the one they were using on the on Lothal. They were making prototypes of it, and I think it was the first season. Oh, I'm looking it up the, now. The Inquisitors. Yeah. I think that's what these oh, were. Yeah. I'm trying to find an actual picture listing with all the names on them because there's like seven or eight different TIE fighters. Right. That we so we got the TIE of. Defender. Yeah, well, the, that we've seen so far. The closest I can find is a TIE Advanced, which is was Vader's. Vader's was the one that was just the straight corner. Or um, Yeah, the TIE Interceptor is the one with the pointed wings in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Vader's, these were closer to Vader's, but that's not what that's not what this was. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to waste more time looking for it, but... Um, but that's why we'll do we, it. We fly, <laughs> we, fly, we fly through the nebula to find out that um, don't use propo- proton bombs because they can set off the gases in the nebula, which sets up later that they actually do use the proton bombs to set off the nebula and take out the two star destroyers that are ca- that have caught the re- the ghost. Right. That was awesome. Um, the other cool cameo in this is the first time ever we get to see Dantooine because Mon Mothma when um, she decides oh, yeah. the ghost is going to take her to her meeting, they tell her give her they she tells her attaché give them the um, coordinates for Dantooine. Yep. Which we know they had um, abandoned before A New Hope by, by at least two years or so. So that's about where we're at. So mm. sometime after this, they were not on Dantooine for long. Yeah. But um, oh, one I missed at the very beginning that tripped me up a little bit was uh, there, the Zeb, Kanan, or Zeb, Ezra, and Hera are sitting in the ghost, flipping through the holonet and watching yeah. the news and stuff. And you have an official Imperial news guy in a uniform talking, and he's um, playing clips of Mon Mothma talking in the Senate bad about the Empire. Now, the way we know the Empire runs, that kind of got me as a wait a minute why would they report this why do you want people to know that someone is speaking up against the empire i mean i know story-wise it was just set up that she was working behind the scenes trying to um stop the emperor but if you look at any kind of regime or government that's similar to the empire that we've seen on on earth the government when they control the news they only report when people put them in a good light right unless they're trying to set her up yeah so, but they escape, they get to dance when she makes her um, call to all of the rebel groups, and we get to see the first for the first time ever the actual combined rebel fleet show up to join with her on Dantooine and see the formation of the Rebel Alliance. That was awesome. Isn't yeah. that funny? We see the uh, the one freighter with the with the um, fighter bays that they captured. Yeah, the, the oh yeah, yeah. And the um, uh, what should we call it? The uh, Hammerhead Corvettes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they had said on on um, recon they they had tried to they said this is the Rebel fleet. So just about every ship here would be one that you would see in the, uh, Rogue One when the fleet showed up there. Because according to Pablo Hidalgo, in his opinion, everything that could fly for the Rebellion was at Scarab. Everything, yeah. no matter what it was, the, from the smallest piece of junk to the largest freighter they have, or right. and the largest captain ship they have. Everything was there. So that's why we saw so many shots of the Ghost. Yeah. But after this, we've only got three episodes left. And you remember uh, back at the beginning, I was talking about how um, Chopper seems like the greatest spy. He just kind of give him a paint job and he goes where 
whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, right. that's going to actually be brought to task next week. Uh-huh. Next week is actually called Double Agent Droid, and it's about it's a, basically a Chopper AP5 story. Um, I'm not going to read the whole synopsis now, so um, I don't spoil anything. But um, the other one, we have titles for all of them. You guys want to hear the rest of the titles? Sure. Sure. According to IMDb, we and actually there's no more breaks. We're going straight through to the end. March 11th is Double Agent Droid. March 18th is Twin Sons, which has no description on IMDb, but everybody can have a general has a general idea of what that is if they've seen the trailers and stuff and know what's coming. Uh-huh. So, and then the last one is ah okay, the last one for the season finale is Zero Hour, which is going to be the final stand of the Rebels versus Thrawn versus everybody else. Right. So, and the, actually, the last line says Ezra tries to get help from an unknown source. Ooh. So I have no idea what that's going to be. Interesting. It, it, is that the tie you were talking about? Check this. Uh, it's it's real close. The that's I believe that's what they're going with. The tie advanced version one, yeah, because Vader's was different. It had the straight wings, but I believe that's the other two that was sitting that was going behind. So they right. had the prototype tie advance on um, the show on I believe the first season where the wings actually fold down, yeah, flat the, against the yeah. Um, pop. See, I thought. I th- when I first saw it, I thought it was the TIE Striker that we saw in, uh, in Rogue One. Yeah. But it's not. Wait a minute. Let me. I believe, actually, it's this. Let me see if I get a picture of this one. Ah, the one I'm thinking of was the Inquisitor's TIE Fighter. Yeah, that's what this is. It's yeah. The, uh, and it's the TIE, TIE Advanced version a, 1. Right. Whereas Vader's is the TIE Advanced X1. Yes, because that was the full prototype. These ones didn't have the, um, which, and they were taken out real quick and easy by the Rebels. But um, the TIE Defender was the first one to actually have shields. And I don't think the Defender has a hyperdrive, though. Whereas the yeah, I don't um, think so. Advanced. Oh, it does? Okay. No, I, know the no, TIE I, don't, Advanced, I don't think it does. Okay. The X1, which is Vader's, actually has a hyperdrive and shields both. Right. And I believe that one may actually have a um, life support system, too. I don't know. Not that Vader needs one. Yeah. <laughs> he has a self-contained system. He comes but with his own. that's what we had for through or from um, Secret Cargo. But that one, I think that's one of in the running for one of the top five episodes of the season because of all the little nods here and there and everywhere. Yeah. And the formation of the Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, I think Mike has a little bit more Rebels news, don't you? I do. Um, kind of hinted at it a little earlier. Rebels has been renewed for a fourth season. Yay. This was the big question mark as of two weeks ago. Right. This was the big question mark as of last week. Yeah. This was the big question mark as of when we recorded We Be Geeks on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> is there going to be a season four? Well, it has been confirmed. We are getting a season four. Uh, it was announced Friday, March 3rd, that uh, production's already underway, and uh, the team behind Re- Star Wars Rebels delivers an epic storytelling that has captivated fans of all ages across the globe. Um, of course, we know it's set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, uh, and will lead right into Rogue One. Um, the in the current season, we're seeing that you know we saw the introduction of of Thrawn, a direct connection to Rogue One, uh, with an appearance by Saul Guerrero, and the legendary Maul uh, is on a journey for his ultimate revenge. Um, but fans can look forward to more details and and. An announcement about the exciting fourth season of Star Wars Rebels during Star Wars Celebration in Orlando in April. Oh yeah, I guess the the Rebels panels and the former Clone Wars panels were legendary at celebrations. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were. And so was the gaming panel with um, Lucas Lucas Arts because I sat yeah. in on I sat in on the panel that had. Um, Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Oh my god! I, ah. I wish they would bring that game out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was practically done. 
and it'd be so worth it. It really would. But we'll well, I know to, this, EA this is supposed to have a big thing oh, go ahead. at this year's celebration okay. as well. So. Now, do we know if um, Verizon or anybody else, are they going to do the live coverage on StarWars.com like they have in the last couple? I don't know. Because that's when you just take a couple days off, sit at home, and watch the computer. But you know, yeah, <laughs> Wookiee Radio will be there. Well, yeah. You don't have to live stream it to us for everything you're doing. Just say, we'll say, get you a tripod that sits on your shoulder. You just leave yeah. your phone running the whole time. So we Here, feel like we're there. Here's me going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. No, it's more like, here's me waiting in line. Now I'm waiting in line. Now I'm waiting in a different line. Um, now I'm going to wait in this line over here. <laughs> if, if if I remember right with uh, Celebration, the Celebration 6, for the different panels, they had a press area for the panels. Oh, nice. Now, they were the crappiest seats in the house, but don't care. You still made sure you got in. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they'll have that this go-around either. Now, no, I was saying um, with this that how this was a big, um, not a surprise, but us getting season four of Rebels is a um, one of the big questions was when Sabine left the crew, yeah. were they starting to wrap everything up because they're not getting a fourth season? But now we see they are getting a fourth season, so you get, it's going to be fun to see her come back eventually because you know she's not gone forever. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, the big thing with it is, you know, we are seeing, you know, we are going to get more because I'm sure they're going to go back and try and get Ursa to convince, to be convinced, yes, you need to join the rebel faction and let's get the Mandalorians else, involved. If, if nothing else, she should bring um, Zod and Non with her. Yeah. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. No, no I'm not going to have that. <laughs> Kneel and crush my hand. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it about, uh, Rebels. We, three episode recap, fourth season coming. What more could there be from Lucasfilm in the way of TV? Potentially TV. Yes, potentially. Hopefully. <clears throat> so there's been news recently about new trademarks from Lucasfilm. Uh, no. one called, yes, one called Star Wars Rivals. Now, that's an interesting title, certainly, and there's a lot of speculation about what it might be. Uh, well, Rivals, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's about rivals. Uh, there's some speculation that it could be Disney and Lucasfilm could be launching a new animated series. Although it says since Star Wars Rebels Season 3 is coming to a close and the network still hasn't announced a Season 4 yet. Uh, guess what? <laughs> they have now. <laughs> well, we've known for a while that they are working on a, um, a new series. That's one of the reasons why Filoni stepped uh, stepped off of actually straight up running Rebels, and he's still working with it, but he's got a bigger overarching job now. Right to creatively oversee future animation development. Uh, so, Star Wars post owner Max Pala shared a new image on Twitter recently that proved Disney and Lucasfilm had actually applied for two separate trademarks for the Star Wars Rivals title, both of which were filed on February 23rd of this year. The, fr- the first trademark for the title was for education and entertainment services, while the other trademark is much more broad, covering a number of different items, which include includes audio and visual recordings, which can, could be construed as a new animated TV series. And then they have a whole list of things that it covers. Ho, 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 yeah, I have I have some ideas about this after looking through that list about what this actually is. So, do you want to read through the list so we can see what all different items they have that this covers? Sure. 
transmission or reproduction of sound or images. Sorry, did I step on your toes, Derek? <laughs> so here, here's what the filing covers according to IO9. Apparatus for recording, transmission, or repro- reproduction of sound or images. Audiobooks, audio recordings, audio and visual recordings, video game software, computer programs and software. Downloadable electronic publications, downloadable game software, downloadable mobile applications, consumer electronics and accessories, therefore, eyeglasses and sunglasses and accessories, therefore, binoculars, decorative magnets, graduated rulers, microphones, helmets, flotation vests, protective face masks, not for medical purposes, snorkels, swimming goggles, and swimming masks. So, so go, ahead. go ahead. What do you think? Do you guys have any I, ideas on what you think it is if it's not the animated series? It's a kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought on what an, another animated series could be. Okay. Uh, what if my thought was that it just popped in my head was, what if they did a spinoff with Sabine trying to uh, find a leader for for the Mandalore people? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting way to go. I wouldn't mind seeing what? that. Mine was in the middle of the list there. I'm thinking, because Star Wars Rivals sounds like a, phone, a mobile game of some sort. Just the title itself mm-hmm. lends itself to a, either a mobile game or maybe... It'd be interesting if they see if this actually is going to a regular video game and do a... Um, remember the old um, Star Wars Masters of Terrace Cassie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great game, but still fun. But it's, it, fighting games are still pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be a fighting game. Yeah, but I don't... I'm thinking this is a game of some sort. I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that makes sense with the title. I think there's going to be games supporting it, but with everything yeah. else, you know... if. Lucasfilm, Disney, they're not going to put in a trademark for this type of usage unless they intend to do it for this usage. So I'm thinking it's going to be either a live action series or the next upcoming animated series. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was thinking is that I don't know the way trademarks work, but if there's just like this is the category they put it under and all this stuff is covered under that category, maybe. So they only needed the download mobile applications or video game software, but all the rest of these are part of that same um, trademark like category or something. Right. I see what you're saying. Like I said, I don't know um, trademark law, but that's one I'd have to ask with Dawn over yeah. at um, Geekwatch Geek 1. She would know. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff to think about because there's a lot of different products in there. Yeah. Could it be a new line of merchandise? Well, Underoos. Looks like <laughs> looks like there's a lot of uh, swimming things in there. So Yeah. It's for Star Tours trip to Camino. Hey, all right. Nice. <laughs> I'm down for that. Splish splash, the clones were taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, um, so yeah, we'll have to see if there's any more news about this um, at Celebration. Yeah, there might be. Yeah, more likely oh, that's a big it, announcement. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the end of this. Could Rebel, is it a movie, a book, a new comic? I doubt it's a comic now if they're going after all of that. Yeah. And would yeah. Lucasfilm be looking for the, the, that or would it be Marvel looking for it? Um, I would think that would be Marvel. But yeah, Marvel. that's what I'm wondering. It's stuff like – well, that's another one. If it's a video game, would the developer be looking for that trademark or would it be Lucasfilm? Right. I, I think Lucasfilm would still pay for it. Okay. So – um, how about we move over to the Blu-rays? Okay. I have a couple of new Blu- Blu-ray stories. Why don't we do uh, Rogue One since it comes out in a month? I can do that. We actually found that out this week on February 22nd, according to StarWars.com. 
Now, did you guys pull up the um, story here? Uh, nope. Because there's some pictures of all the um, all of the packaging. But Rogue One, we now know when it's coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and everything else. You can pick it up on digital HD. You can just download it on March 24th. Or you can get it on Blu-ray, DVD, and 3D DVD. Or 3D Blu-ray and on demand all for on April 4th. So it's like everything else that you can download digitally for about a week ahead of time. Nice. Now, they have the box art they're showing here. And um, the box art's kind of cool. For the Blu-ray DVD digital HD combo pack and then the um DVD. The combo pack has a cool, like, all the characters in a pyramid with the Death Star behind them and some fighters. Whereas the Rogue One, or the DVD pack that they're showing here, has um, Jin in the front and all the other characters standing behind her on the beach with a picture of the, or with the Death Star and da- Darth Vader's mask in the background. But we have a, an actual list of all of the special features. Well, almost all the special features that are on this. The first one is actually going to be called a, ro- a Rogue Idea. Hear how ILM's John Knoll came up with the movie concept and why it's the right film to launch the Star Wars standalone films. Interesting. The next one, they have Jin the Rebel. Get to know Rogue One's defiant, resourceful survivor and hear what it's like for Felicity Jones to bring her character, or her to life on screen. Then we get the Cassian, Diego Luna, or Cassian the Spy. Diego Luna shares insights into his complex, driven character who becomes a hero through selflessness, perseverance, and passion. Next one is one that's going to be fun. It's K2SO the Droid. Yeah. Yeah. Explore Explore the development of this reprogrammed Imperial droid from initial pitch to character design or from initial pitch and character design through Alec Tudyk's performance. I, uh, I recently heard, uh, Alan Tudyk on, uh, the Nerdist podcast. Yeah. And, uh, he was talking about how much fun it was to play that part and everything. Oh yeah. I wonder <laughs> how much of his ad lib stuff they actually left in. He said, um, he said there was, there was quite a bit of stuff that he ad lib and lines that he changed that they actually, le- they let in. Okay. And, uh, he said, um, he said, uh, there was a, you know, the part where, where he slaps, where he, where he smacks, uh, Cassian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, he said that was, uh, that was Cassian's idea or, uh, the actor. Got his name Diego Luna. Yeah, that was Diego Luna's idea because he had injured his face uh, somehow, like doing something, and so they wanted they wanted he wanted to have K two S O smack him, so it would be a reason why he had that injury on his face. Uh-huh. Oh, sort of like Mark Hamill after his motorcycle yes. accident between Star Wars and Empire. Yes, exactly. It's always good to find a way to actually put it in there so you don't have to hide it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next one, we got two more actual character studies here. We get Baze and Chirrut, Guardians of the Wills. You go deeper into the relationship between these two different characters with Chinese superstars um, Jiang Wen and Donnie Yen. Now, I wonder if they're going to actually get into some of the Guardians of the Wills and what that actually is and the, what the Wills are and things like that. Or if they'll do that later on i don't know i wonder if they're they're maybe saving that for a book or something could be possible well the last character look we have is bodhi and saw the pilot and the revolutionary forrest whitaker and riz ahmed reflect on saw guerrera the broken rebel leader and bodhi rook the imperial pilot who defects so it's interesting that k2so gets his own uh, full uh featurette and bays and shirt have to get a shared one and bodhi and saw get a shared one (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And these ones I'm expecting are probably about 10, 15 minutes long each for those. There's no time on this. No. But uh, the next one we have up is The Empire. Meet a dangerous new Imperial adversary and cross paths once more with the most iconic villain of all time. So this will be the one that tells you all about Vader and the, um, how they did Vader for this show mm. or for this movie. Yeah. yeah. This one will be all about Vader and um, Director Krennic. Yeah. Uh, the next one up, we get The Emperor and the Governor. This will be another technical and special effects one. See what it took to bring the vibrant young princess of Star Wars A New Hope as well as her most memorable foes back to the screen. So this one will be actually probably mostly about Tarkin. Probably, since Leia was a last minute thing. I'd be kind of interested in watching that, seeing how that Um, goes. Then there's two more listed, which I'm not seeing a commentary track anywhere on here, but it says epilogue, the story story continues. Now what was that, Mike? It's going to be on there. Maybe, maybe not. Because you got to remember, The Force Awakens, the first release of it didn't have a commentary. Mm, True. I have to double check that. See, I'm not I'm not a commentary guy, but I am a bonus yeah. features guy. Oh yeah, I like both. Well, we have um, two more bonus features on here. One of them is epilogue. The story continues. Filmmakers and the cast celebrate Rogue One's premiere and look forward to into the future to the Star Wars stories yet to be told. So that may actually have some stuff about the Han Solo story. Yeah. Um. And then I don't know. With when this is coming out, I don't think it will have it, but it may tell. They may have an actual announcement on this about what the next standalone film after. Han Solo is, hmm. which everybody, the rumors are it's a Boba Fett movie, but that uh, doesn't exactly mean it will happen. Right. Yeah. Ah, I think we're, this next one is what we'll get probably instead of a bonus or instead of a commentary track. It says Rogue Connections. Uncover Easter eggs and film facts hidden throughout the movie that connect Rogue One to the Star Wars universe. So this could be a pop-up video type special feature. Yeah. I, I'm not sure because it doesn't say that, but it's talking about Easter eggs and film facts hidden throughout the movie. So Interesting. Now, of course, they had to go and do it again. Oh, yeah. Well, this one's not that big of a... Yeah. It's not really them doing it this way, but it made it easy. This one's an easy one for me to figure out which one I want. (laughs) You're going to have three separate packagings of this. Depending on where you go. Now, um, you can actually pre-order at your retailer on February 23rd, which is already passed. So you can go down now and pre-order this if you want. You have Target has a five-disc set, which has collectible, uh, collectible packaging with interchangeable character covers and exclusive bonus content. But Target's five discs are a Blu-ray 3D, two regular Blu-rays, a DVD, and a DVD with exclusive content. It has two additional bonus features, the digital HD and a collectible pack- and the collectible package which you can swap out the basically it's like a photo frame in the front you can change out which characters on the front right um, Best Buy is getting a four disc set instead of the five but it's in the steelbook packaging and it has the 3D Blu-ray the two regular Blu-rays the DVD the digital HD and the steelbook packaging and that one actually looks really cool if you're especially if you're in the steelbook yeah uh, I'm not so I'm not that concerned but it doesn't have two additional bonus features either so, and then Walmart, they only have a three-disc set that has exclusive K2SO packaging and two Galactic Connections trading discs, which I don't, I don't know if that ever caught on, but Walmart's the only ones that well, carry those. Apparently, they're still pushing it. Yeah. Well, this one only does not come with a 3D. It just comes with the two Blu-rays, the DVD, the Digital HD, the K2SO packaging, and the two Galactic Connections discs. Now, the pictures of the d- three different packaging is in here, but um, and the K2SO packaging is kind of cool, but I think the winner on the packaging, if you're not into Steelbooks, is the Target one. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, the Target one's going to be the winner anyway because I have a 3D TV. I would like to see that in 3D. I didn't. I've not. Got, I didn't get a chance to get to the 3D theater to see it. Makes sense. 
It was cool in 3D. Um, I'm looking to see that it has all the um, actual technical specs for the DVD here. Uh, we got 133-minute runtime, run the rating, aspect ratio, audio. Nothing interesting on the audio that I see here, so it doesn't have any commentary tracks. It would be listed under audio. Yeah. So. Well, something you're not going to see at Target or Walmart or Best Buy or Amazon is uh, the original trilogy uncut on Blu-ray. Well, I'm glad I have it on VHS. <laughs> I'm glad I have it on DVD. Um, That's still the original version, though. If I remember right, the, um, the DVD, the, you can get the Laserdisc version of it. It didn't have the original theatrical. Well, even the VHS was not the original theatrical version. It changed up a little bit, but it's the closest you can get to the original. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, it's still the un, unaltered yeah, it's the non-special edition. Right, right. And, and it's still the, the 2.0 audio format as well. Yeah. Um, now, everyone thought, ooh, making Star Wars website saying the movie's coming out, that Disney's going to release it in honor of the 40th anniversary. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, rumors are still false on this, just like they have been for the last three, four years, ever since the Disney purchase. Um, it's not happening. Uh, part of the problem is 20th Century Fox still maintains the distribution rights to the first film, not Disney. Mm-hmm. And they're not letting so, go of that. No. No. So when the DVDs go out, Fox gets a great chunk of it because it was still Fox that was putting them out before the Disney purchase. So, actually, no. No, 20th Century Fox um, distributed all of them until Disney bought it. Because there was all, you always had the Fox fanfare in the front that went into a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Well, but I'm trying I'm trying to... But, uh, was it 2020? Oh, when did the 9-disc Blu-ray set come out? Was that uh, I think it was 2014. No. No, I think it was 2014. Either 2013 or 2014. No, earlier than that. No later than 2012. Because they had highlights well, of it. They 20, had highlights of it at uh, Celebration. Yeah. Well, they had... Um, that was released since Disney bought the company, I believe. Yeah, that's why. And they bought uh, it in 2012. Blu-ray came out uh, September 2011. So 2010. Oh, okay. 2010. So C5 is when they discussed it. So, And they haven't been released on Blu-ray since, except for Force Awakens and now Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So... so I, want, I wonder if... Well, I guess it wouldn't really make sense to no. do like a whole collection of like every all all the movies that have come out. Not at this point. No, but even like if they do a collection, would would they do? Would they put Rogue One in it or keep that separate? Like maybe do a line of the Star Wars story movies. Uh, I don't know. I think I they would. Act, if they did a, bu- a giant box set with all of them, they would put that in there too. I think. Yeah, in this particular case, since it fits where it fits in, but also to be. I think if they're going to do that, what about Han Solo? I think if they're going to do that, yeah. If they're going to do that, they're going to wait till after Episode Nine comes out, whatever the movie right after Episode Nine is. Yeah. Now I can see a six six, uh, a six movie box set with everything from the Force Awakens to whatever the last standalone film is, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Something like that. Yeah. Or instead of um, the giant entire saga, they may do the actual trilogies. Do trilogy box sets from here on. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a a good way to go, too. Or like you were saying, um, they could do just the saga collection, which would be the actual numerical episodes. Right. Through nine and beyond. Yeah. And then do another collection for the non-saga movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At some point. 
and it, you, we're guaranteed we're going to get them re-released again because Disney yeah. learned, like Lucas did a long time ago, that if you release it, we will buy it. Yeah. Even if we have six copies of it, we'll buy the new one because you put one shiny new special feature that's on it that wasn't on anything else. But what was isn't the Fox deal good until um, 2020? Or I don't know if there's an end to that deal. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Now, that would be I, interesting if Fox, out of nowhere, decides to release re-release just A New Hope. Yeah. Which they could. They could. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. Yes, it would. So, but still talking movies here, J.J. Abrams was actually talking, I believe it was was on Twitter or, hang on. I thought he was at it. Oh, J.J. Abrams was at the, huh? I well, I got it here. He was at the Oscar Wilde Awards in L.A., which is intended to support the U.S.-Ireland Alliance. Um, and the New York Daily News caught up with J.J. Abrams to... And um, even though he's not directing this time around, the subject of The Last Jedi actually came up. Um, and what there's a couple of, there's a quote here about what he has to say about it. And this is what he had to say about The Last Jedi. He said, I think we're all going to be very upset if he doesn't win an Oscar and no one more upset than Mark. So J.J. Abrams is saying, after, with what he's seen already from The Last Jedi and the script, Mark Hamill should be getting an Oscar for this. I like the sound of that. See Which if it actually really happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not that far removed because remember last year or the year before when Creed came out, because um, a lot of people would look at it like, why would he get an Oscar for supporting actor or lead actor for a character he's done multiple, multiple times? But if you look into Creed, Sylvester Stallone got nominated. I don't know. Did he win the supporting actor? I don't think yes. so. But he got nominated for playing Rocky. Yeah. Now, did he win, Mike? I thought he did. I thought he was. I like am the, not one sure. the, I thought he was one of the first actors to win for the same role, but different awards. Yeah, because I know that was a big thing that people were like, "Wait a minute, why is he being nominated? He's he's this is a character that he created years ago, and he's played over six six movies now, or seven movies now." Yeah. So, but he got the best supporting actor role for um for Creed. So it, it would not be out of the realm of possibility for if um the Academy enjoys this the way that J.J. is saying, it would not be out of the realm of possibilities of him actually picking up an Oscar for it. Which would actually, I don't know, is that Mark's first Oscar? If he if he would get nominated and get it? I'm uh, going to go out on a limb and say probably yes. He, yeah, because there was a lot other than Star Wars that he's Stal- done that Stallone would be was nominated for, for Creed did not win. Okay. And I don't believe Hamill's won. So let's see what he's won. Um... No, he's never got not he's never even been nominated for an Oscar, so no. Daytime Emmy Award. Yeah. He actually got Daytime Emmy Award for his appearance on the Clone Wars. <laughs> yep. So look for him next award season possibly, which actually the the Last Jedi comes out right at the right time to be right in the middle of awards. Oh yeah. Because that's why you see a lot of films try to get in at the last week of December because that way they're on the front of everybody's mind. If that's the case, maybe Star Wars: The Last Jedi, the Last Jedi will be be a Best Picture winner, like La La Land. I mean, I'm <laughs> sorry, Moonlight. Aww, too soon. That's one of the few times I'm like, I wish I was actually watching that. I was watching it, and it was still like, as soon as I saw the producer walk out on stage, I'm like, we have a Steve Harvey moment. Yeah. So, so um. How about we move on to uh, some gaming? Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> I know we're we're dragging tonight. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Not enough coffee. There's too much yeah. blood in my coffee system. <laughs> so there's an article on EGM that says EA dishes on Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the new Bioware game. Uh, the CFO for Electronic Arts recently shed more light on some of the publisher's upcoming games, including Battlefront 2, Bioware's next original property, and more. Speaking during a recent Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom conference, which these conferences are weird, <laughs> Jorgensen reiterated that the sequel to Battlefront would be dramatically larger than the first and include a lot of new characters straight out of the upcoming films. This is not the first time the publisher has discussed the expanded scope of the Battlefront sequel, but it is good to hear EA is still on track with that promise. All I want is a bigger solo game, please. Yeah. As for their upcoming mystery project, Jurgensen hinted that the title will be more sci-fi related. When you think about this game, he said, you should be thinking about the great RPG character development and storyline progression that Bioware is known for, but in a world of greater action and greater adventure, which is growing to be one of the larger categories in games. Hmm, a.k.a. Star Wars Rivals? Hmm, that could be interesting. Well, I think, I don't know. He said, um, I think that one there is talking about their upcoming mystery project that is more sci-fi related, so that may actually not be Star Wars at all. Mm. I don't know. Well, I know, uh, to go inside with this, uh, let me pull it up. Uh, it was announced earlier this week. Um, join creators of Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and Star Wars The Old Republic to showcase the latest of their Star Wars projects at Celebration. Uh, such things, uh, be able to get to hear what's new. Also get to play some mobile games right on the show floor. Um, so, uh, yeah, be curious to see what's all coming up. Yeah. But an opportunity to talk with developers and the opportunity to meet game designers. Hmm. Try and get them on the, uh, on the show as well. Possibly. Uh, I think that's uh, happening. Oh, yeah. Well, also, if you want to, um, we get, moving on to toys a little bit, it says, um, MovieWeb actually had an article that says how Ray, how the Ray Star Wars toys changed the action figure industry. <laughs> Now, yeah. this may be a little bit much for the Ray herself being the one that changed it, but I think Star Wars in general over the last couple of years has made a big change. But Ray actually had a lot more than any of the other females they've had. But it says Star Wars fans are probably looking forward to Force Friday again, which we know we are getting Force Friday too come September. Yep. Uh, but it's essentially a holiday. Force Friday, in case anybody doesn't know, is essentially a holiday invented by Disney, dedicated to getting people to buy new toys. Now, Force Friday is not a new concept, if I remember right. For the prequel movies, I believe we had Force Friday also, didn't we? I believe no, so. No, not for the prequels. I thought you we sure? had at least for Force Friday. I thought mean, so Force Friday out all on a Friday. Well, maybe it wasn't called Force no, Friday, no, but no. They, they, yeah, uh, this is a old Lucasfilm's done this for a couple of years, a couple of times. Um, but there are definitely those who are equally excited about getting some um, new Ray merchandise. Uh, many people who purchase a Ray action figure this year may not think twice about it, but it turns out that toy collectors everywhere owe Daisy Ridley a debt of gratitude because she's changed things for the better and probably for good. Yeah. A recent report from CNBC took a look at how the Ray action figures have totally changed the toy landscape. Prior to The Force Awakens, it was incredibly difficult to find any action figures for female characters, Star Wars or otherwise. And I know this because uh, my wife loves Ahsoka, so the Ahsoka Tano figures, unless you pre-order them, are always a pain to get. Oh, yeah. 
But because but because Daisy Ridley's likeness in the form of the Ray action figures and other merchandise have sold like gangbusters, the industry has been forced to adapt. Um, and this is what Jim Silver, the CEO of online toy review site TTPM, told to CNBC. He says Disney took a risk and they've made a female hero for The Force Awakens. She sold better than just about anyone except Kylo Ren because the villains always sell better. And then there's that's, more female action. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, how many people do you know that if they only had one Star Wars figure, they had Darth Vader? True. True. Yeah. So and then he he finished it off by saying there's more there's more female action figures in the last 18 months than there have been in the last 20 years. And then going on, um, Samantha Lomo, senior vice president of marketing at Hasbro, had to say this. She said, "Computer consumer and retailer research shows more and more children and their parents are interested in the Star Wars and Marvel franchises as well as the female characters represented within entertainment. In 2015, for the first time, the National Retail Federation reported that Star Wars was on the top 10 toy list for both boys and girls. Yeah. Fan, fans and families are at the center of this co- conversation. Um, for example, voting for strong female characters in both the Transformers and the Marvel franchises to become future figures. Hmm. Now, it says here that um, in 2015, Star Wars toy sales for Hasbro totaled almost $500 million, and a a lot of that was because of the strength of Rey. This year, Felicity Jones' character, Jyn Erso, from Rogue One, a Star Wars story, will also be a popular figure thanks to the success of that movie, which from the last story didn't um, say anything on the DVD thing, but Rogue One is sitting at number seven in the all-time movie list right now. Cool. For box office. Now... There are also going to be quite a few Wonder Woman toys and some DC Superhero Girls figures that will have people buzzing at Toy Fair, which already went through. And um, Superhero Girls actually pulled down the prize for best new action figure line or best action figure line for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the exact title of the award they got, but they got the award for best action figures, which is awesome for for technically a quote-unquote girls toy line. All right. Now it says, so the action figure collectors and kids who love having more choices should be thanking Keith, Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams for finding Jay-Z Ridley and making Ray a big hit with the fans. But yeah, yeah you can see there's a lot more female figures and the availability of female figures now. Yeah, it's really so, cool. Used to be you can get Princess Leia and that was about it, and then she stayed on the pegs for a while because no one wanted to play with Princess Leia for some reason. Well, I had her because how else do you carry out half the scenes in the movie? Yeah, exactly. Well, that and that's why um, because of the slow sales, uh, sales sometimes on the Leia's, I think why it was so hard to get some of the Ahsoka figures over time, even though Ahsoka was one of the most popular characters in the Clone Wars. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so. well, speaking of characters, how about, wait, do I have this or does... Derek, I think you got this. I am no, so chapping Do I have it? <laughs> yeah, that was you. Okay. Yeah, I think you get to round out the go for the finish. Um, eight Marvel Star Wars characters who changed the galaxy. Uh, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Okay. Change it up. Uh, number eight spot, Agent Terex. Uh, ah, we yes. see him. We see him in um, in the Poe Dameron title. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty much the main antagonist to to Poe. Um, you know, we we see how um, he has some more. You know, he, he's got good good round diverse in attitudes and philosophies, uh, especially with the Empire. Uh, he seems genial, maintaining an air of charming decorum, uh, but he's a callous indiv- individual whose disregard for life is borderline sociopath. So, a number There's nine. There's a really interesting backstory, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Number nine, Evian Verlaine. 
And see, I almost wondered if this was oh, yeah. the. I almost wondered if this was the character that we saw in um, Secret Cargo, of uh, a Y-wing pilot. Oh right, yeah, that's possible. Huh? Yeah, that is possible. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know if they ever mentioned the name for her. That would be an IMDb thing for this week's episode. Uh, well. But she, she was born on Alderaan, mentored by Leia's adoptive mother. Uh, and of course, she's a pilot whose services goes back to the Battle of Scarif. Um, but shortly after the attack on the first Death Star, uh, she is commanded to go with Leia uh, to go find um, any surviving Ald- Alderanians um, that are scattered through the galaxy. So, um, number six is Lo Riano. Uh, it's a member of the ancient alien race. Lo Riano is known for being one of the oldest and greatest racers in the famed Dragon Void run. So, Han Solo series here. Uh, and of course, Evian's from the Princess Leia series. Um, a dangerous heroin race, the Dragon Void draws some of the best pilots in the galaxy, including the smuggler Han Solo. Uh, Lo Riano becomes friends with Solo after they learn they have similar qualities and personality traits. Uh, number five, Posh Davani. Uh, she's an engineer displaced onto the planet of Scori Lay as a result of war between the Rebellion and the Empire. Uh, she is a hulking figure who saved a gravely injured Leia Organa um, by hiding the gravely wounded princess in her home. Uh, so I'm assuming this was from uh, Leia as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, number four. It's been so long since I've read it. But that was a great <laughs> miniseries by Mark Wade. Yeah, uh, but when I saw the picture, I was like, oh, I remember her. Lulo. Uh, although Lulo's influence isn't as far-reaching as some of the others on the list, uh, he's still significant because of his involvement in the lives of important figures, both the Rebellion and in the Resistance. The Duros alien initially served in the Rebellion alongside Shara Bay, but later helped locate Lor, Lor Santica as part of the Black Scaldron under the leadership of Poe Dameron. So... Uh, number three, Shara Bay. Uh, she is from the Force Awakens series. A hotshot pilot for the Rebellion, Shara Bay fought, off the, fought in the Battle of Endor and then later served several missions with the likes of Le- Leia Organa and Luke Skywalker to clean up the fragments of the now-destroyed Empire. Uh, her travels carried her from the Forcemen of Endor to Naboo and uh, her piloting skills saved the day several times. So, uh, Number two, Two, Omri, or O-M-R-1, uh, he's the Death Star droid that we see. Hang on, a, before you move on, wait a minute, that's Shara Bay. If you look at the last line of this, you almost missed the, another really important part of her. She's actually Poe Dameron's mom. Nice mom. Yeah, I thought I said that. My mistake. <laughs> so, um, Omri is the uh, Death Star droid that we see in the C-3PO one-shot. That almost didn't happen, just like most of the action figure variant covers, but I digress. <laughs> um, now, as he, you know, as, as their ship crash lands on a planet uh, en route to the Resistance base, the droids work together to find an effort to survive the planet's harsh conditions and hail a rescue. Omri and 3PO spend a large amount of this time discussing the morality of, of a droid and how they can exist on opposite sides. Uh, deciding to put their differences aside, the two quickly bond, forming a friendship that eventually sees Omri willing to sacrifice himself to make it possible for 3PO to be rescued. After losing his arm to a swarm, to a swarm creature on the planet, 
3PO takes a replacement arm painted with the red primer, which melts off, in which the actual outer coat fades away after the the acid rain or whatever it was on the planet. Um, deciding to put their differences aside, the two quickly form a bond, form a friendship that sees Omri willing to sacrifice himself to make it possible for 3PO to be rescued. After losing his arm, okay, I said all that, um, takes an arm painted with red primer out of the remaining debris of his newfound friend and wears it as a tribute to the friendship and the droid that who saved his life. And the number one is Dr. Aphra. One of my favorites. Who else? I mean, someone who's gotten their first character in the new Star Wars continuity to get their own comic book after being created. Yeah. So, um, enough said. A great character. So, speaking of comics, uh, books coming out this coming week, uh, January, uh, March 8th, and then the following week, uh, the 15th, uh, Dr. Afra number 5. Has Afra actually found a lost Jedi site? And if so, can she make it out with her life? And if so, will she be able to get a good price for it? So that comes out next Wednesday. Also, too, comes Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Volume 2 Old Republic Trade Paperback. This is from the Legion, uh, Legends canon. Days of Hate, Knights of Suffering, Fugitive Zane Carrick joins forces with the Jedi Masters who killed his fellow Padawan in a bid to save the galaxy from the Mandalorians. But with the megalom- megalomaniac Lord Adesaka... Outmaneuver them all. Then, in the story that reverberates across every era of Star Wars, the clandestine Jedi Covenant is rocked by a terrifying vision of the far future. Or is it the one of shadows? Celeste, Celeste Morn faces the monstrous task of recovering the ancient Sith artifact, but will Zane Carrick achieve vindiction at last, clear his name, and end his days as a renegade? Um... And then the final book, which comes out on the 15th, is Poe Dameron number 12. Poe's on the run from Tarek's forces with only C-3PO and BB-8 to help him. Can the greatest pilot in the sky survive without a ship? Plus, a traitor revealed. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> so, any final thoughts as we start to wrap this up? Nope. No, but it's it's getting kind of ridiculous, this whole thing with the Blu-rays, where everywhere you go has a different type of Blu-ray. I yeah. know. Well... If not next episode, the the episode after that, we will be doing like a survival guide for celebration. Okay. Why not? For those who haven't yeah. been, for those who ha- who have, but still looking for new tips and tricks. Yeah, I think we can help out. So. Sure. So you're saying that the whole Blu-rays? Uh, I, I think that's all bogus. Yeah. So this time it, it was pretty easy to figure out though which one is probably the best deal because the Target's one, the only one with the actual extra bonus features. And yeah. it is nice though to see that we can get 3D discs at the very release of this time instead of waiting six months and then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, we re-release it again as a 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Nope. Going once. Nope. I think I'm done. Going twice. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.